Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights, strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my friends, to the Zenpreneur podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, and today I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing a phenomenal human being and a powerful healing soul. His name is Jeremy Detully. He's a communication coach who helps people overcome fear and anxiety around speaking and singing so that they can express themselves with confidence, clarity, and ease. He's helped hundreds of people from CEOs to yoga teachers show up powerfully as their authentic selves. Jeremy is trained in multiple modalities, including energy coaching, tension and trauma release exercises, and emotional freedom technique. He uses trauma-informed somatic therapies and mindfulness methods to help people overcome their fears of expressing themselves and being heard and seen. He's also been featured in publications such as GQ, Men's Health, and Rolling Stone, and he has an incredible story, which I would like to dive into. Jeremy, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. And hello to all the people who might be listening sometime in the future. Just a huge hello and welcome. I'm actually going to grab the frame for a moment and, and say, the moment I find myself in a situation like this, talking to the internet, talking to Mario, it's, Mario, it's awesome to see you. But I'll immediately start working with a principle, which is always be regulating my nervous system when in communication. So this is an invitation to anyone who's listening right now to consider how you're feeling in this moment, whether you're speaking or sitting listening, that we start breathing, grounding, regulating ourselves. So I'm just kind of fessing up that I'm doing that right now because I always do it. And so I'm just settling myself as we, as we head into this conversation. And it's really an invitation for all of us to ground, settle down in communication uh, all the time. So take it away. I'm tapping my legs. I'll talk a little bit more about some <laughs> methodologies later. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, I only bring you high class people. And Jeremy is an embodiment of what he teaches. And I love this. We're starting the conversation with a greater sense of awareness over how we're feeling so that we can bring all of ourselves into this conversation. Jeremy, you and I, we met um, several years ago at a, uh, a workshop that you were facilitating and previously I was facilitating. And I remember some of your exercises and I don't say this lightly because I've done a lot of inner work and a lot of times I have really pushed myself beyond my comfort zone. <laughs> but your exercises were among the most terrifying for me personally because what you did is you you opened up the circle and you invited people to sing and to me it's like okay singing no i mean come not, not that much of a big deal but then i was, was my turn and i was petrified and so tell us a little bit about 
your story, because I know you have a very uh, powerful music background, to now becoming a coach who helps people heal their voice, essentially, so they can show up more powerfully in the world. Great. Yeah, thanks for the question, Mario. Yeah, so I've been a musician my whole life. Um, really, I think I, was, I started being in my first bands at school and just being a musician and a music producer and on stages was part of my life forever. Simultaneously, though, I also suffered from, let's just say, social anxiety or remorse or shame when speaking up, especially in social situations. And to be honest, like by the time I was, you know, out of school, but just beginning to kind of try and pull my life together, I actually basically had the impression that no one liked me. I mean, honestly, I mean, mm. that's how I felt about myself. And it then set me onto a path and... I was working through trauma and my own stuff and I just catapulted myself and I had these two parallel paths. Like on the one side, I was out there making music and you, you think, how can a guy who gets up on stages also freak out when in a social situation when needing to speak up? But, you know, I'd find myself at a dinner table with friends or in a group. Everyone's talking and being funny. And I'd, I'd go into what I now really um teach as, as a kind of a freeze response where my body would lock up and I would uh, lose my words. I'd start becoming a bit stupid. I wouldn't like, I'd lose my sense of humor and sort of say clumsy things. Um, I didn't realize my whole system was essentially freezing and jamming up and that there was something you could do about it. So I had these two parallel paths where I did a lot of consciousness work and meditation and a lot of healing over a long time and then trained in uh, various methodologies. And then on the other side, I was making music. And so basically I was doing these two things for a long time. And eventually a, a giant light bulb went off, which was for a start, the rock and roll got a little tiring. I became a practitioner and a facilitator and a group leader. And I joined the two of these together. My deep interest in self-expression and uh, communication and being in groups of people with my deep in interest in healing and self-healing and meditation, call it consciousness and presence. So it's really this journey of these two elements that came together to produce the work that I do nowadays. Mm. That's a beautiful journey. And I can totally relate to what you're saying, this 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 fear of expressing myself in, in a more public sense and this this moment of yeah, freezing and, and feeling like my whole system, my whole body becomes heavier and the words that normally come so effortlessly would feel like somebody is pulling them out of me in like these big chunks and there was no rhythm to it and there was no cohesiveness in that. And I felt mortified in many situations where I felt that sense of shame. And so tell us a little bit about what you see in the world today when it comes to entrepreneurs and business leaders in their connection to their voice, because the work that you do is extremely important and extremely powerful, yet I only know you that talks about this. And I'm sure there's more people, but when it mm. comes to the power of the voice, you know, what is it that you see in the connection between entrepreneurship and this power of the voice? Yeah, that's thank you. So, so that's really, really important. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, um, facilitators, leaders, and so on to get unstuck. Because 
And it's not really just about voice. I often talk about a communication system because if I put mm -hmm. any one of my clients, when they first start working up with me in front of 500 people, there's going to be a symphony of sensation and freaking out going on in their body. It's not just in their throats and what they say, but there'll be anxiety in their body. They might shake. The whole system goes into what I will call dysregulation. And the people that I end up working with in general have got some kind of a block or limit that is holding them back from powerfully expressing their message in the world. And so it's not even just about a voice that closes down. It's also about a fear of shooting video that you then post on Instagram. It's a fear of being visible in the world. And that can start in your family home as a child where being loud or visible or a lot, you were told you were too much or you got shut down a lot or whatever happened in your family. Children are seen and not heard. It then can kind of move out into school years I often work with people who change schools a lot. And so they, you know, they had parts of their sense of safety in groups of people kind of broken a little bit. So they carry fear and anxiety when meeting new people. And that fear and anxiety mirrors directly into their marketing, their self-marketing, their sales calls, their webinars, uh, their social media use, and this and they end up second guessing themselves or not posting or taking things down or sending out their emailer and feeling like they've done something terribly wrong. So you're looking at a whole system that is compromised uh, in its ability to express powerfully in the world. And so that's really what I'm interested in is helping people unblock and feel, what I, if I was to summarize it, let's all take a breath before I summarize. Mm. Ah, I was just getting onto my pony and getting a little excited there. So um, <laughs> if I was to summarize it, it would be the, the object of this work is to be able to feel safe and confident in our skin, like yummy and just I am who I am and I feel good in me, no matter whether we're in, in front of 50 people or marketing ourselves or in a sales call or with a close uh, friend or relative. So feeling safe in our skin wherever we go. That's the object of this work. Mm. And I can see a big challenge that a lot of people struggle with or fall into a pitfall. And I would love for you to address this as well. So you said the main focus of this work is to feel safe within your own skin, feel safe, I'm paraphrasing, within who you are. Yet so much of our society drives people to not be who they are, but to be something else, right? You keep hearing you should be doing this. And I find this in personal development. The first years when I went into it, I was excited by it, but there was always this underlying narrative of I'm not good enough. I'm not the one that I am supposed to be because there's this constant idea of um, You're supposed to be the best you can be all the time, right? And and it comes with an underlying notion of, but who you are right now isn't good enough. So you always have this idea of you should change. So I'm wondering, how do you see that? Is that a typical thing that some of your clients come to you with? And then how do you address that? Yeah, that's really, really important. So... Of course, the, the whole internet really teaches us that we're not enough and that we should be more. And that's really what sales and marketing at its worst does to us. You know, we need the, this pair of clothing or that thing to make us valuable or to fill this, 
let's just say a hole in our self-worth. The way I, I work simplifies things um, because one of the fundamental roots in to creating a sense of safety in the world is the, to move out of the problem solver up here, get out of our heads. Mm -hmm. And in, while we're communicating or while we're marketing, regulate this dis dysregulated, scared body. Because there's a whole mammal down here that's basically going, ah, I'm scared, you know, <laughs> make it stop. I need to run away. And so one of the first things we can do is soothe that animal body while in communication. When you get up in that stage, as you press record on that reel is simultaneously with shooting that video, regulate your body and nervous system, like be going, essentially be going, Hey body, you're nailing it. You're doing so good. Just even you being here, pressing record on that thing is so amazing. And you're soothing your whole system. And what happens as you soothe that system is there's this unbelievable wealth of groundedness and safety in our bodies. If we'll only regulate ourselves out of fight or flight or freeze or pleasing or whatever other kind of call it defense response we've gotten stuck in. So even if it's you're doing that talk and you get up there, um, let's just say in front of 50 people, and there's a lot of anxiety in your body, we want to be regulating that anxiety before going up, regulate during it, and then clean up our emotions and self judgment afterwards. So in other words, we're really working with this whole organic system to teach it to feel safe in expression, putting itself out in the world. Mm, I love this so much. This is this is very much exactly the kind of process that I've learned as well, because I came from a background of what I shared earlier, this sort of bashing mentality of just push harder, grind, keep going. There's more inside of you. And I would take on that mentality and use it when I was in environments where I was to give a workshop or a speech or even coaching sessions or you know, uh, networking uh, meetings, which still to this day, I find extremely awkward uh, to go to one of those. Um, but I used that mentality and it didn't really work well for me. And then I did exactly what you said. And to me, the way that I look at that is you're coming back to a loving relationship with yourself, right? You essentially become the source of love that you are looking for at the end of your goals. And so I'd love to hear from you, what do you see as sort of the difference between an entrepreneur who does what you just pointed out in the way that he or she operates in his or her capacity to envision their own um, uh, wealth uh, and, and, and idea of life that they're looking for versus the one that, that doesn't have the tools and the awareness? Where do you see the difference? That's what I'm curious to hear. Well, it's, it, yeah, so it's, it's immediately obvious depending on the type of issue that they've got because they're different kinds of issues. I mean, I always can see my people or the people that need, that usually need this work by looking at their social media feed. There'll be pictures of the dog, anything else, but no pictures of them and no video of themselves. So they're hiding already and, and their marketing will reflect that too. So the marketing will reflect as, as little exposure of me because me is freaking out at the exposure. 
So already that's one of the things, um, that's one of the ways that, that one, it'll become very obvious that someone's got a limit or a block in this department. But you know, Mario, for example, you mentioned the great networking mixer, uh, Kryptonite. I, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but there's a proportion that, of people that I work with who totally nail it as long as they're within their domain of competence or things are very factual. Put them in a networking event where we, ha we are um, uh, off, off topic, where you know, it's social but, but work and we need to do small talk. I work with a ton of people and their kryptonite is there. Um, and it, it's just an interesting uh, situation where that particular domain may be their place where they'll move into, let's call it a small scale freeze response. They lose their words. I can't think of anything to say. All of these kind of things, which are all a symptom of a dysregulated system. What I mean by that is, is the person is not in flow. They're not grounded in, in their yumminess. They're not in their heart. Because at the bottom of all of this is that when we can move into, let's call it alignment inside ourselves, when we can be grounded in a regulated nervous system, lightly connecting to our hearts, I could explain more about how to do that later, but then we don't have to plan anything. We can trust that everything that comes out of our mouth will just flow out just right. We need no plan. In a way, it's just like letting go and just letting life pour through us from this beautiful regulated organism. I don't, I don't kind of remember if I've totally deviated from the, the question you asked, Mario. Tell me if I'm off topic. <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. Um, you've essentially given the answer to what it looks like for a person who embodies that and for a person who doesn't really. And one of the examples you gave was for when you go to those kryptonite <laughs> networking events. And uh, f for me, I can, re I can relate in a sense that I have been invited to be a facilitator and an, uh, a speaker at many, many events. But the times in the past where I would go to networking events where I was, there was no context of me being there. It felt like, oh, this is weird. I'm just going to go up to this person. Hey, person, hi, what do you do? Who are you, right? So it felt a little awkward. And, and, and I would love to hear a bit more what you talked about being grounded. What does that mean for a person who might not necessarily understand that idea of groundedness? And also, can you elaborate a bit more of what it means like to be in your heart space and to get how to get there? Yeah, can do. Okay, so grounded. I think there are a few vitally important journeys that we undertake in our lifetime. And probably one of the most important journeys we can do is moving some of our focus or our awareness out of here. Our minds are incredible instruments. They're amazing problem solvers, but they're also incredible problem creators. Their job is to solve problems. So that's what they do is they think of problems all day long and often the same problems day after day after day. Being grounded essentially involves moving our awareness down into our body. So right now I'm seated on a seat and all the way through, this conversation, I've been aware of the sensation of my feet on the floor and my body in the seat. Right now, as I speak, I, 
I, I'm going to say I split my awareness between feeling my body in the seat and just allowing these words to come out. I've learned that when I move most of my awareness into the body, then the words just flow out right. So in other words, just feeling your butt in the seat or your feet on the ground and keeping on bringing your awareness down because it'll pop up like an air bubble. Boop. It's time to think. Let's solve some problems now, guys. It's like, no, no, no. Down we go. And so I, that's what I share is a lot of different mechanisms for getting out of fight or flight or that fear in the body or that self-judgment or shame and bringing awareness down into the body. And hopefully everyone that's listening right now as I'm talking is just bringing their awareness down because the same practice is applied to listening. Instead of being up in our head, thinking of what we're going to say next, pre-planning a response, ready to fire back, it's clear this, move down here, be in the body while listening. And so that's really what being grounded is, is in constant connection to our body, feeling that body in real time. And it produces, I'm going to say, when we've learned how to do it, it produces a massive sigh inside us, like a, oh, God, it's so much better to be down in here, down in the body. It feels safer to us. Now, it can be a little scary when we're learning to do it, and it, it's, it's a process. But being deeply connected to our body is one of the most beautiful gifts we can give ourselves on an ongoing basis, interacting with life. So that's grounded. Does that cover enough? That's I could go beautiful. on for days. Yes. I mean, I want you, whoever you are tuning in right now, to, to take a look, check in with your body. Because as Jeremy was speaking, my body started to relax. My shoulders started to go down. I could feel myself oh, just listening to, to you. And I'm sure many of our listeners and viewers can, can relate to that experience. And now that we are more grounded in our body, let's move into the heart space. Talk to us about the heart space and how do you get there and why is it even important to be there? Yeah, the heart space is one of these weird things where it's almost become a little bit like a Hallmark card or a cliche or just uncool. I don't know. Like, it's this bizarre thing where just down here is our heart space. Now, this doesn't mean you're just your physical blood, heart that's going pumping blood. It's actually, let's just say, our emotional, spiritual um, heart center here, which is a warmer part of our being. In um, uh, mystical Christianity, I think St. Augustine spoke of seeing the world through oculus cordis, the eyes of the heart. In Buddhism, they speak of settling in heart mind. Not up here, crunching numbers, problem solving. I need planning the next trip to the, to the store or whatever we need to do. So the object is to move our awareness, really the, our focus or the center of our awareness down here. The um, non-dual teacher calls it doing the 18-inch drop from here down to here. So now the simplest way to do this is to... Just take a breath. Let's all take a breath for a moment. 
and allow our awareness or the focus of our awareness to move into the center of our chest. So you can move to trying to feel the center of your chest almost physically on the inside. Somewhere between the breastbone here and the middle of the upper back. To tune into the space right here. So right here. And we just gently tune into this area and you could introduce a sense of warmth or subtle compassion or just a little bit of softness. You could level that up with a bit of love if you can find it, but sometimes that's a stretch. Many of us are deeply shut down here and have forgotten that really, ideally, we live from here. So we bring awareness down and allow it right now. Let's keep doing it. Keep bringing that bubble is going to pop up into the head and bring it back down. And so we aim to open this area and communicate with each other, literally to soften. So right now in the moment, I'll, I'll even deepen it a little bit. Just aim to open my heart a little bit more. Open up a sense of compassion in this moment. And to do this, I also have to actually open up a sense of vulnerability. It's not just a kind of, yay, I feel lovely. It's also to be open-hearted is to be vulnerable. And just for a moment to take the risk to slow down and be seen as a vulnerable, real, loving, human, human. And so that's just a start of opening up a little bit of heart awareness. Now, and it's a way of, let's just take a breath. Just take a breath and pause for a second. And I'm going to say being in one's heart is one of the most amazing ways of creating connection. Even as a business person in a sales meeting, you know, we don't need to go full goo heart. It's softening into our heart, being connected, bringing in compassion as you listen to um, your potential client's um, story. It creates connection. It creates trust. It creates warmth. It's a way of creating engagement and deeper, stickier relationships where people essentially trust you and want to work with you. I, I wouldn't suggest doing it from a point of being manipulative at all. It's a beautiful choice to interact with the world that pays off in business too. People just want to work with you because you're warmer, because they can feel your heart. Does that sound crazy, Mario? <laughs> First of all, thank you. That was beautiful. Um, we're getting lots of treats in this conversation, so I'm very grateful for that. And I 100% agree with you. And, you know, to bring in a little bit of context, my TEDx talk, right, it's now over a million views and I've hosted a party and people reached out to me. I'm like, you know, how did you do this? What agency did you hire? How did you do the ads? And, you know, in my TEDx party, I shared all of it. And it's like, I didn't hire a single agency, no ads, nothing. Mm -hmm. My strategy was kindness. And people were like, what do you mean, kindness? And I said, well, it's exactly what Jeremy just described. It's like, whenever I meet with people, I my intention, first and foremost, is to, I want to elevate this person 
with any means that I have uh, available. So whether that's an introduction, whether that's coaching, whether that's just being kind and listening, it doesn't matter what it is, but it, I show up in the hard space. And so I have a lot of people in my life, a vast network of people that care about me because I care about mm -hmm. them. So when my talk came out and I asked on social media, please share it, please watch and share if you like it. Everyone that I knew did it because they have a strong connection with me. And mm. I find exactly what you said is in entrepreneurship, you see the difference between somebody that relies on a cold marketing strategy in the kind of person this, uh, this individual is. And oftentimes, so I coach every Friday, I coach about 300 plus agency owners uh, in, a, in a group session, not all 300, that varies like 20, 30 people. And all of them as their main struggle, one of their top three struggles are their relationships because their business mm -hmm. model is based in a way where they can flee relationships, right? You send an email, send another email, send another email. The person responds said, leave me the F alone and say, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Bye. Don't have to deal with that. Don't have to deal with the pain that came from that, the sense of rejection. Nope. Mm -hmm. There's a 500 other people. And so I think the work you do, and that what you just brought forward, being grounded, being in your heart space is really a superpower for entrepreneurs because they get to create these rich relationships. And with that comes a much greater leveraging effect. Now you have a network that you can tap into because, hey, can anybody help me? I need to be connected to an executive leader with an app, uh, Apple company because I want to uh, pitch them a workshop. Yeah, sure. I got you. Otherwise, you don't have a network, so you need to go the cold route. And good luck trying to get in there because you're competing with a vast majority of entrepreneurs. So I absolutely love what you just shared. Mm. Yeah, and I love your story about the, about the TEDx, which is a combination of also speaking really from a place of kindness and warmth, which just creates connection, it creates engagement, but then also these rich relationships in your network because people trust you, because they love you. You know, it's almost at this level of loving the world. In other words, interacting with the world from your heart. So it is kind of like people are lovely when one sees people from here. And then, yeah. you know, the feedback is mutual and it just cr creates ripples wherever one goes. And I think just life becomes easier. Even as an entrepreneur, it becomes easier. Don't you think, Mario? Oh, so much easier. Like right now, after many years of doing this, I'm, I'm at a place where opportunities are rolling in in a way that's effortless. There, there is no mm -hmm. part of my work anymore, which I would consider hard work. You know, I still mm -hmm. work consistently Monday to Friday from morning till, till early evening and sometimes, but rarely now, a little bit on the weekend. And my business continues to grow and I feel very good and there's no hardship in it. But before there was a lot of hardship because I struggled a lot with self-doubt, hence why I made the talk. I struggled with imposter syndrome. I struggled with perfectionism. Yeah, I give you another story and I would love to hear your uh, uh, perspective on that because I, I know a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of people, what I see, they come into networks and they meet people that they intellectually know, wow, this Jeremy, he knows so many people. Oh, he could potentially introduce me to X, Y, and Z, maybe to a podcast host. Wow. But then the person shows up with you and freezes. And I had the same thing. Mm. I was part of um, 
and still am a part of a, a network called the Bellwether Alliance, which is filled with incredible entrepreneurs, business leaders, philanthropic people. And the first, I'd say, six months, maybe even a year I was there, I showed up as the tiny Mario in the in the meetings online mm. with like 100 people there, big, big entrepreneurs, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs. And then my voice in the back of my mind goes, who are you even to think that you have something to contribute here? Mm. And I would meet with people and I would, my coach mind would listen. I was like, oh man, I could deliver so many insights and breakthroughs to you right now, but I'm not going to say anything. My, I could mm. feel myself shrink and it was awful because I, I, I was mm. like, I'm wasting this opportunity and I would beat myself up. And so later on I had my breakthroughs, but I would love he to hear your perspective on this case and, also, how you see that, you know, how people can address this. Yeah, and that's so common, um, shrinking in situations like that. And so I, I would, again, put that shrinking, <clears throat> I would include that as a freeze-style response. In other words, the whole system jams up in the moment. It, to be honest, it starts jamming up before we even arrive. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me have a sip of water mm. here. Oh. Delicious. Um, <laughs> so that system starts jamming up before we arrive. Mm. Before that networking event, we already know that we're scared. So the first step is to clear emotions and um, uh, thoughts and self and limiting beliefs prior to going to that networking event and to use events like that to start working through the pattern. I often say to people, they've either got a kind of a downward spiral on an issue like this going, where each time it just affirms, see, I'm useless, I'm bad, I'm, I'm unworthy, <clears throat> or we start the upward spiral. We start getting that spiral to go up and up and up. So the way to begin to dismantle it is one, to start dismantling it before we get there. Start regulating our nervous system and working through the issue. I would use, for example, tapping. So you could be, if, you're, if you know EFT tapping, you could be like, even though I'm going to the networking event later and I feel like I'm already going to be terrible, I love and support myself just as I am. And even though I feel like I've got, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, clenching solar plexus and I feel like my brain's going numb, I love and support myself just as I am. So on and so on. And so you tap very, tap like a whole lot before going to the event. Clean up before, don't arrive there dysregulated. Secondly, at the event, spend 75% of one's awareness and attention on regulating your system. If you're in a half freeze and feeling anxiety, you're never going to be able to network. So spend all your attention on what do I need to do to make this being feel okay? You may need to go to the bathroom and go and use havening technique or any technique you know, or do yoga headstands in the bathroom. I don't mind <laughs> what you do, but regulate your nervous system back till you feel like you're in alignment. Don't try and network while freaking out. So, and then come back into the network and then networking event, and then start, you know, start with one person, for example, walk up. Um, I, I, I've coached a lot of people around how to get over this networking, uh, um, networking fear, um, including generating just a few small talking intros, heart-based intros. But then the, the trick is start speaking. 
when you meet someone, but to have a whole lot of awareness and attention in the body. Bring that awareness down to the feet and breathe while speaking. And while the other person is speaking, breathe and regulate your nervous system. So in other words, to really summarize, 75% of your awareness and your effort on regulating the system. The final step I shall add in, all of these are steps in, in what I call my radiant voices timeline process, clean up before, during, and after um, that, I, that I, I'm sharing here. So afterwards, we tend to suffer from remorse and regret. I did so bad. I did this. And that remorse and regret is part of what keeps the downward spiral in place. And we have to dismantle those narratives afterwards. Because if you showed up at the networking event and you tried and you failed in some and you kind of did okay in others, it was still a triumph for showing up. And we need to rewire that shamed part of us that is essentially telling us stuff that we probably learned to say to ourselves when we were six or 12 or 14 years old. And we've been saying to ourselves ever since in environments like that. So dismantle before, during and afterwards. Those would be my, my quick tips. This is so valuable. And again, I can attest to this because I do this as well. In fact, I've done it throughout our conversation. Right? I can tell when I get nervous because I my body immediately tells me my breathing starts to move up here. I can notice myself sweating. I often, you know, start closing up. So what I do is what you talked about is the, the breathing in particular. I focus a lot of my attention on the lower part of my abdomen and breathe in different uh, in, in different pace. When I want to calm myself down, longer exhale. And, you know, when I want to bring myself up, you know, vice versa and um it's so interesting that you say the largest part of your experience there 75 percent, should be focused on you regulating your nervous system and the question that comes to mind for me is like aren't you going to under underperform with only 25 percent of what you bring there like why why do you say 75 percent because you know the amazing thing is and this is like the crazy thing about all of this is that the, all of that regulation and bringing awareness down into here we hear from a different place when we're doing this we're not processing what people say through here and then we speak almost the words will just come out of a regulated body and they will come out just right. In a way, the less of our awareness stuck up here and I'm listening to you and I'm cogitating and it's all very intense. <laughs> then where we come from is all of that intensity. And it's, it's not, it's not heart centered. It's not grounded. It, it's not in, it doesn't have a sense of inner Zen or spaciousness. What this does is bring the whole being into alignment. And then I literally miracles of speaking and listening take place. You're funnier, you're smarter, you can access parts of yourself that are not available when you're micromanaging the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly the magic that you're describing is then mm -hmm. things start to happen without you really understanding or having to understand how they happen you know there's this saying is like the more you get out of the way 
the more uh, you allow God, spirit, source, the universe to come through you. And I've I've experienced that again during my TEDx talk because I did mm-hmm. I did do a ten to fifteen minute. Uh, preparation before going on stage and it was through breath work it was through incantations and affirmations meditation uh, physical movement i did all of that combined and as the moment i went on stage it was just like zip like my awareness moved from here to behind me and it was just like i'm observing myself and somehow i the words i hear is like blah 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 just like it's just flowing as if uh, there's a waterfall and the words are flowing perfectly and I'm finding all the edges. And I would do things where in hindsight, they were like, oh, I did that? Wow, I didn't prepare this. I didn't practice this. This is cool. So is that what you see also with your clients that you coach, that the more you bring in this process, the more incredible magic they produce? That's what you've described is exactly the point of this work is to, as I said, to be completely comfortable in, in your skin, no matter where you go. And humor arises, unexpected genius. It really is mm-hmm. like, like you said, moving out of the way and letting this thing work through you, whatever it is, and just let the miracle take place. You know, I no idea what's going to come out of your mouth and but enjoying the miracle of it happening and with amusement and love you know it's like wow you know this is happening this is incredible and and it really does come down to as you said moving out of the way to do that we've got to move out of this this hyper vigilant oh my god i'm going to i'm going to mess up i need to be so all, all over this, I'm, I'm hypervigilant, I'm hypervigilant. That hypervigilant defense response that we're stuck in while it's trying to solve the problem is the problem. Mm. And so we move in. So all of that work that you described doing before your talk, that's the point of this is to be able to do that all the time in real time. Just, it doesn't need much. And sometimes we need to dismantle old shame systems, you know, old patterns, let's just say, um, uh, in between communication events. But, you know, you described it beautifully, Mario. That was really great. Thank mm. you. Thank thank you. And, you know, this, this is when I created um, my, the new podcast, the rebranding, the Zenpreneur podcast, it was based on the notion of the business accelerator that I created that's called the Six Figure Zen. Because I've always asked myself, what can I bring to the world that is unique and that is truly valuable? And my arena of play is entrepreneurship. I love, I love being here and I can't see myself moving into another area anytime soon. And the what I found is though, that you, which you might have experienced yourself at some point as well, is that it's such a burnout culture. The way that results are generated by most business leaders and entrepreneur is on the back of this burnout culture. And it is so widely tolerated and, and even celebrated. That, that to me, that's what scares me, where people mm-hmm. that are working themselves to the brink of death are like high-fived, write their books, you know, you hear this oftentimes in personal development where there's a lot of people that have created a lot of wealth and success, but if you look at how they're doing it, it's extremely detrimental. The other day, I was watching a podcast, uh, Joe Rogan with Kevin Hart. I love both of these men. I think they're incredibly powerful in what they do. Both of them, in my opinion, have a very strong hustle-like mentality. And 
I always ask myself, how does somebody like Kevin Hart deal with all of that? Because his level of success is extraordinary. And then he talked about how he literally broke his back. And that's when it clicked to me because, you know, the back is usually an expression of pressure. Um, there's a sense of heaviness that you're carrying. And so mm. to break the back and he didn't really have, he said he didn't really have like an accident. It happened while, uh, while I think during a workout. And so it's like, wow, that mm. must've been an incredible amount of pressure that, over time that this guy's carrying. So a long story leading up to the question is how do you personally define balance in the age of this burnout culture? And more importantly, how do you bring that into creating success in your business? Mm. So important. Yeah, it's an, I'm going to say it's an ongoing area of work for me of really deep internal boundaries that I'm working on all the time mm. to work less. I'm a very structured human being. So I do the same thing every day, um, more or less, you know, at nine, exactly 9am, I'm doing vo vocal exercises every day. Um, I meditate, I train, I do all of those kind of things. So I'm very, very structured, because I treat myself a little bit like somewhere between a baby and a precious object uh, that needs a lot of support. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, it's a, a lot about big boundaries. Like I would say, for example, boundaries around content and distraction and time off. I, I, if, you know, I, I can err on being an overworker. So I, I'm, 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 it's a constant area of, let's just say it's a work in progress, but I'm pretty good about it at the moment. And um, I take time out and I'm very clear about when I do that. And I'm also really, really clear and uh, about what I let in from an information point of view and time point of view. Like I'm, I say no to a ton of stuff um, and including content, but also opportunities to slow down and, and have the kind of call it Zen headspace to really focus on the things that matter, to really show up at the very few things that I want to do well. Hmm. Boundaries. I think you really dropped the key right there, like setting boundaries. And I love that you said setting boundaries with yourself. And I also to bring that up again, I love the way that you look at yourself. You know, you said, I look at myself between a baby and a precious object, you know, like, um, like a diamond almost, we could say. And to have that self-awareness is incredible. And that I find is almost a guarantor that you in the long run are going to create wealth, success, joy, happiness, fulfillment, all the things that so many people want. But it starts with your sense of identity and how you look at yourself and then those boundaries. Now, speaking about boundaries, I think this is, this is exactly why you are here. The word no is a two-letter word. But I find it's one of the most difficult words in, in the, the inventory of the human language for so many of us to even say. Now, what's your perspective on speaking into boundaries and drawing boundaries with people and saying no to things? Like what, what's your experience with that? And what would you recommend entrepreneurs? 
Yes, I I, I do teach this within my work from a self-expression point of view, because many of us and I I was I used to say this is this is how my boundaries were before I did all of this work is that my boundaries were like limp spaghetti over my belly. I just didn't have any, you know, you could please walk all over me. That's what I'm here for. I really was like that. And so it's been a huge skill um, area to really learn to live in real time. And I often say to the people, like groups that I'm working with, for example, that it's impossible to feel safe in the world without really well-developed boundaries. Because then whenever we go out, even into a group environment, other people's energy is coming into us. It's too much. When they get angry and towards us, all of their energy goes into us. So we need to have like Teflon boundaries. Nothing's welcome in here without me inviting it in. So taking responsibility that nothing comes in. It's that strong a boundary that nothing comes in here without my invitation. So, and that's been a real learned skill for me. And so as an entrepreneur, that allows me to feel more safe um, in uh, to make bigger calls, let's just say, bigger no's, for example, when I've needed to with clients, but also to show up in higher um, octane situations, feeling safe inside myself. It's one of the components we need um, are these deep, clear, energetic and psychological boundaries. Essential. Mm. This is so important and I love how clear you make that. It's not like, a, mm, no, you know, sorry about that. You know, you're like, no, nothing from the outside gets to come in without my permission. And that level of power that you're describing is what I feel is required to step into the world in your truest form and share your gifts, whether that's a of a product, a service, an idea, a story, um, a photograph, but it is required to really protect your own genius so that it can flourish. And I, I like to bring analogies to this. I mean, imagine, imagine you have this super precious plant that you know with time and nurturing, it will grow into the most magnificent plant ever that brings so much beauty. If you place that plant outside, anywhere, where everybody can just tread over it, walk over it, the plant will never, ever get to that place. But if you protect it, you put it into a secluded area with enough sunshine and, and water and nutrients, undisturbed, it will grow to this magnificent, uh, beautiful plant. And so I think that's what you're describing. And with an awareness of time, as we are almost at the end, I would love to, you know, maybe ask you you already spoke about tools but maybe there's some are some tools that you haven't mentioned that you're sort of your go-to tools to ensure that you are operating at the highest level of what it means to be jeremy in the world look i mean there there are many and i, I feel that that hopefully we all have a practice you know i show up for usually an hour of meditation every day. Like I, 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 mm. I work to feel deeply good in my life. Um, it's not, it's not a kind of an accident, let's just say, and, and it's ongoing work. But the, the thing that I, I haven't shared, which I'd love to share with everyone is the simplest tool for regulating your nervous system that I share with everyone when I, when I work with them initially. 
and it's really, really powerful. Now, some of you might hear this on a podcast. Some of you might have this on video, but I'm going to describe it. I want you to put your hands out in front of you. Um, so, and then hands out in front of you and cross them over each other so that they make like an X. And then put your hands down on your legs. So your left hand um, is on your right leg and your right hand is on your left leg. And then relax your arms a little bit and then start tapping your legs slowly, like left, right, left, right, left, right. Now I'm doing this right now. And those of you watching video can't actually tell that I'm tapping my legs. So let's all tap our legs and breathe now. Breathe down into the belly. But what we're doing is we're tapping our legs left and right and bringing awareness into our lower body. This tapping using bilateral stimulation, in other words, our crossed arms, is helping to regulate our nervous system and allows our brain and whole system to process the moment, this now, in a different way. So you use this practice on Zoom, um, underneath a dinner table or in a meeting where no one can see. Or if people can see, you can just tap your feet slowly, left, right, left, right, and bring awareness down into the body. And when I spoke about that 75% of your awareness, you'd be tapping, you'd be breathing, and feel the lower half of your body below your hips. And as you do this, this single tool can turn around social anxiety or awkwardness or fear in the moment. Or a bit of rage at a family dinner table when someone says something triggering. <laughs> you get tapping and you start processing the moment, feeling what's going on in your body. That's what I would say. Use that tap with bilateral stimulation. One of my techniques. That's such a such a great tool and so so valuable and so practical. And as we are speaking about valuable and practical, I want to ask you, how can people connect with you? And what are what is something that you could do for them? If you could share an open invitation for somebody that might be interested in looking into your work and maybe speaking with you and exploring options, what would that look like? So I would recommend everyone to go to my website, which is jeremydetolly.com. There are really two ways that I engage with people through courses or through one-on-ones, through coaching. Coaching, I tend to work with people who've got that kind of freeze response or, or whatever it is, talking too much, saying the wrong thing, but are in a business context or a leader. If you're interested in working with me, uh, there's a form to fill out where you'd need to um, really just apply. Uh, I've, I've got a very full coaching practice, but I love meeting people. So fill in the form, tell me a little bit about what you're working with and let's talk. Otherwise you can look at my course. I have uh, a course called Awaken Your Radiant Voice. And uh, that's for, again, for people who feel limited in this particular area, speaking or, and or singing. So those are really the ways to engage with me. Say hello on Instagram and follow. Um, yeah, it'd be a real pleasure to, to meet anyone who feels uh, that they have a block in this particular area. It's, it's a, mm. I love working with people around this and it's incredible how fast it can be turned around. Mm. Amazing. 
Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeremy Dutali. You are an amazing human being, a gift to the world. Uh, I have experienced your work, uh, so I can be a testimony to that. Uh, my friends, reach out, connect with Jeremy, follow him on social media, uh, peek into his work. It will definitely elevate everything that you do. And Jeremy, again, thank you for being here uh, as a guest on the Zempreneur podcast. Mario, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to all of you who have listened, sending out love across the world. It's been a joy. Mario Lanzarotti, you're a gem and a, a wonderful human. Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you, Jeremy. And thank you, my dear friend, for tuning in. And I will see you on the next episode of the Zempreneur podcast.